Men, if you answer yes to any of these questions, you could be suffering from low testosterone. Do you have low sex drive? ED, always tired, depressed, loss of muscle mass, obese, loss of focus and drive? You, my friends, need to get your numbers checked. Check out Men's Health of Mississippi, located in Madison, Mississippi, and online at menshealthms.com. Guys, get your numbers checked today. Trust me, she'll thank you for it. I promise. Menshealthms.com. Men's Health of Mississippi. Good morning, Central Mississippi and all surrounding areas. You've tuned in to the Free Range Human Show of Choice, your daily dose of reality radio. It starts right now. It's at, uh, today's actually Election Day radio here in Central Mississippi. Well, statewide, actually. But <clears throat> anyway, we're excited today. and Everybody's putting in a lot of work. I, I know all the candidates on all sides are anxiously excited and uh, just glad it's going to be over here in about 12 hours, 15 hours, something like that. So, don't forget tonight, <clears throat> Sean Yurtkaran and myself will be hosting a special three-hour live election night special right here on WYAB. We'll have a host of different guests calling in with us. We got, as of right now, confirmed, I got Russ Latino with the Magnolia Tribune, we got Bill Billingsley, State Rep Nick Bain, and State Rep Fred Shanks going to be making call-ins, and we're efforting some more people. We'll keep you posted. I think i try to twist Jameson Haygood's arm, see if I can get him to call in, talk about what's going on. So we're looking forward to that. Should be a great time. If you want to call in this morning, if you want to, well, the call-in number 601-879-0002. The Guns and Gear text line is 769-241-1944. Guys, don't forget to vote on down the on down the ballot. Don't just hit the governors. Make sure you're voting for these super supervisors and the state reps and all these other positions as well. They are just as important as the governor. Trust me on that. But speaking of which, we've got... We've got candidate, Republican House candidate for Representative District 4, Emil Wilson on the line. Emil, how you doing, brother? Man, I'm great. I'd be doing a lot better at 7.01 p.m. <clears throat> I know the next 12 hours are going to be, uh, gonna be where, where the bread is buttered, isn't it? Absolutely. I spent a lot of time running campaigns, running the last 72-hour pushes for groups. And for people, and it's nice. <laughs> it it's nice to have the energy going in and the excitement. But man, it is nice when it is over. <laughs> well, I've seen you twice here in the last week. I saw you Wednesday out at Grip and Grin. You made an impassioned speech when you had your opportunity to speak. And I was like, man, I didn't. I'll just be honest. I, I I didn't know much about you. And I was like, man, this guy said a lot of things that had my had my antennas perked up. And I said, I think my audience would really enjoy hearing from you. And uh, you ended up reaching out to me, so here we are. And then, of course, I, I met you in person last night uh, as we had to settle things up. But Emil's glad to have you on the show. Am I saying your name right? Is it Emil or Emil? It's Emil. Emil. Okay. So, yeah, one of those weird foreign names. You know, when I I went to Africa and taught political science in Africa, and everybody thought I was a Mediterranean, like an Italian or a Moroccan or something, because of the name. And then they'd walk in and see my pasty white butt and go oh oh that's weird <laughs> <laughs> so are your are your parents uh from somewhere else or something like that or is it just a family 
type it's, deal? So it's a family name kind of on the German side, but they went with an Irish spelling, so they just chose to do absolutely nothing right. <laughs> so so let's tell people that's A-M-I-L-E in case you see it on the ballot if you're in his, in his uh, district there. Tell everybody where your district is, by the way. So my district is House District 64. It stretches from Fondren all the way snaking through Northeast Jackson, past the Yacht Club in Ridgeland, all the way up to Village Drive and St. Augustine Drive in Madison. So this is, uh, I say this is the Country Club District. We have all three country clubs, River Hills, Jackson Country, and um, the Yacht Club. That is an interesting district, isn't it? Especially to have that much Jackson in it. It has a ton of Jackson. It has sort of your your white liberal Fondren crowd. It's got the, the old Northeast Jackson Republican crowd. It's got the, the Madison suburbs. Like it is, it's probably the weirdest, most interesting district in the state. And I will be thrilled to try to represent all of those weird random groups that have been put together in a district. And not that this is necessarily relevant, but just, you know, with the demographics of Jackson and stuff, that also has to be the the whitest district that's got some of Jackson in it, too. I mean, just based on that area, it carves through kind of up through Madison. Absolutely. That's that's what it is. It was carved up that way. Interesting. Didn't know they uh, didn't know he still did that in Jackson. But hey, uh, make it make it work for you. So I, I saw last night you showed me this. Uh, apparently, the the Democrats are on the attack of your candidate. And what, what do you say? The enemy of my enemy is my friend. <laughs> so you know, look, my my opponent started out as a Democrat. She ran as like a new firebrand of the left. She signed all the pledges. She made promises to left-wing groups and left-wing advocacy organizations. And then when redistricting hit, she decided she couldn't win as a Democrat in a slightly more Republican district and burned a lot of bridges. And, you know, it's, it's interesting I think a lot of this is personal. Uh, she's still a left winger. When she left the Democratic Party, she said, my views haven't changed. My, my values haven't changed. Just the letter behind my name. And I mean, this boils down to don't bite the hand that feeds you. No, no, no doubt. No doubt. Now she had um, I, and I heard you, and I'm gonna have to take your word for this because I don't, I don't have my finger on the pulse of everything going on and going on down at the legislatures. But you said that she had signed off on uh, supporting transgender stuff, and she had signed off on abortion rights and all this other stuff, so, correct? So, yeah, a lot of this goes back to what she ran on and what her platform was four years ago, and. It, a lot of these issues, the legislature hasn't had to deal with this term. I mean, legislatively, we haven't had to deal with a lot of abortion um, because we were fighting the Dobbs decision and, and winning 
on the Dobbs decision. Uh, but you know, the voting record's been all over the map, and I think that's one reason why a lot of conservatives have heard, well, isn't, isn't maybe she a conservative? Like, no, she's got a, an, a low ratings from the American Conservative Union. She's got low ratings from conservative groups. Like, she just has a voting record that's all over the map and has, has kind of done a lot to make both sides mad. So I'm, <clears throat> I'm really hoping that energy and that frustration of somebody who you just can't predict where they're going to land on issues. You can't figure out and reason with, I'm hoping that energy will help me convince even Democrats that, Hey, you don't necessarily have to agree with me on everything, but you will always know where I stand. My opponent went entire legislative sessions without updates to constituents on social media or uh, mailers or anything. And and like him or not, Joel Baumgar nailed it in every single vote that he took. He posted online what it was and why he did it. And I'll do the same thing. Yeah, my 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 rep and my friend Fred Shanks does the same thing. He he he, he takes he takes recommendations from his constituents on on important bills, and he discusses his his vote thereafter on them. And it's something I respect about him a lot. And, and I mean that that's my pledge. And I've been out in politics for a long time. So, uh, I was Tate Reeves' deputy campaign manager in two thousand three for treasurer. I I have. I am out there. I am on the issues, on the record, and I have been for you know, two decades. Emil, Emil, hold, hold yeah. that, hold that thought. Let's take a break. I want to come back, and that's what I, that was my next question was was about how you got into politics. I want to hear this story because sure. you seem as plugged in as anybody here lately. So uh, I think the people will be interested in it. Hang tight. We'll be right back on the Clay Edwards Show with Emil Wilson. He's running for. House of Representatives District 64 today. We'll be right back. Welcome back in. It's election day in Mississippi here on the Free Range Human Show of Choice, the Clay Edwards Show on 103.9 FM. WYAB. Hey guys, don't forget we're streaming worldwide at WYAB.com as well as the TuneIn app and Alexa. Just search WYAB. If you have any questions for my guest today, Emil Wilson, he's running for House of Representatives District 64, text them in to the Guns and Gear text line 769-241-1944 and I will gladly pass those questions along to Emil. Real quick, Mill, welcome back. Hey, I want to. I got a little text here a second ago from somebody, not necessarily related to uh to, to what you have going on, but if you're in, the, if you're voting at Byram City Hall, apparently the machines are down and they're passing out paper ballots to everybody. So uh, make sure you're uh, keeping stay on your p's and q's out there. Hines County election shenanigans starting already in Byram. All right, <clears throat> Emil. Uh, when we went to the break there, I was wanting to get into. Just kind of how you got into politics, man. You seem so fired up. The last couple of times I've seen you, it's your energy's contagious, 
And I can tell this ain't something new. You, you, you've been in this for a while, and you kind of hit on that going all the way back to Tate Reeves' treasury campaign back when you said 03, 04, something like that? Oh, yeah, 2003. Um, well, and so I, I grew up in a family that was very politically aware. My dad is an artist, uh, portrait painter. He was the artist in residence to Phil Bryant in the governor's mansion, illustrated <laughs> his memoir. He's done the official portraits of ju- uh, Supreme Court justices and governors. Well, one of the... Are those the ones that are hanging up in the Capitol and stuff? Oh, yeah. That's yeah, awesome. Hanging up at the Capitol here and in Virginia and all over the country. He was uh, one of the top 100 rep artists in the nation back in the 80s and 90s when that was a you know big industry. Um, and it, I was probably three or four were the earliest memories the EPA banned lead and paint. And, you know, that sounds like a, a good idea, but it took oil painting and museum quality restoration work, things like that, and prohibited them. Now, you couldn't manufacture oil paint. You couldn't manufacture the stuff that museums use to preserve and protect uh, da Vinci's. And I saw my dad and Steve Moppert and uh, Mary Lane Reed and some of the other artists who were just artists. They weren't politicians. They were just average people trying to make a living. And the EPA had regulated them out of existence. And I saw them organize to get an exception carved out. And my, as as a kid, having like your early memories develop, seeing seeing how government overreach like impacted my family and impacted my our family friends had an impact on me. And you know, I, I grew up in a politically aware family. Um, was a big speech and debate <clears throat> kid. Wandered into. Republican Party headquarters, like 15, and what do you do when any kid is interested? You get recruited to volunteer, and I loved it. I found a home where we could talk about ideas, and ideas have consequences, and and we could actually talk about practical ways to make our communities better. And that's what attracted me to politics. It was this vision of ideas and then the practical implementation to make life better. A friend of mine has talked about public policy is not something academic. And I've taught public policy all all over the world, but it's not something that is academic. It is something that we do to other human beings. And the, the chance to do positive things and stop negative things really appealed to me. And, yeah, I, I volunteered uh, for campaigns in 2003. I was Tate Reeves' deputy campaign manager. Uh, in 2007, I was working with 
Republican legislators, uh, taste, a tasty bite out of crime. In fact, I was drafting some of the speeches discussing the original capital security zone legislation that my opponent's friends and endorsers all opposed back in 2007. You know, I owned a I owned a nightclub on Capitol Street when all that was originally done, when the the Capitol security zone stuff and all that, and it, it was something we were definitely uh, hopeful for. Mm. Now, that I was working on those issues with guys like uh, uh, Corey Wilson and Take a Tasty Bite, and that whole crowd I was working with, and and selling the idea of an expanded Capitol Police force, even since 2007. I think my, if there's anything my opponent has going for her in this campaign, it's that she has the ability to say, Emil Wilson was right on the issues. I'm late to the party, but at least, at least I'm here. Please vote for me. Yeah, so something that I'm extremely passionate about uh, even though I no longer live inside the city limits of Jackson, I just couldn't take it anymore, is the Capitol Police and the job that Commissioner Tyndall and Bo Lucky, by the way, happy birthday to Capitol Police Chief Bo Lucky this morning. Um, it's the job that they've done and Sim Shanks and that whole crew and what our legislators did to get to get the Capitol Police, to, well, to initially get the CCID thing put in place, now with uh, HB 1020 and the expansion of the CCID, and all of that stuff, that's something I'm extremely passionate about is kind of being able to save what we can save of Jackson. And anybody that goes against that is an enemy to me. And I feel like they're an enemy to the people of Jackson, whether the people of Jackson are even for it or not. Sometimes you don't know it's for your best interest. And uh, to, to know that you're a supporter of that and you will continue to fight for that, I think is very important for the people to know. Listen, I'm, I'm a huge believer in Capitol Police. I'm a huge believer in police in general and uh, that's where one of the core issues i've talked about on this campaign is a gi bill for our cops we have high turnover they they aren't paid enough so let's incentivize give a four-year if you commit four years full-time two years to the reserves then mississippi will cover your in-state college tuition and if you major in elementary education, early childhood development, something like that, we'll give you a pay bump and we'll put you as a school resource officer. Every single school should have a school resource officer that is connecting law enforcement to the community and the community to law enforcement. Law enforcement are heroes. And That's, that's one of the best I, ideas I've heard in a long time. Listen, it's, it's what's best for law enforcement. It's what's best for the community. People should know their police. We should know the person wa- walking down the street because they should be walking beat cops or, or not just driving. I know that's not possible everywhere, but people should know the cop patrolling their streets because he or she should be active in the community should be engaged, should be, should be a hero. And if we have a cop committed to four years full-time and two years part-time, let me tell you, those kids in that school are going to know Officer Jones or Officer Smith. And Officer Smith is going to know those kids. 
you know, one of the anecdotes, which, I mean, who knows if it's real or not, but the anecdote from all of the carjackings that were hitting Bellhaven was that when they arrested the kid who was leading it, he said, man, I, I got terminal cancer. It's going to kill me before you guys can do anything. Well, I mean, whether true or not, I mean, you know how anecdotes get passed around. Like, it highlights middle school, high school. This is where kids start to make bad decisions. And we need a law enforcement presence there, not so that these kids get a criminal record, but so that these kids can be spotted and intervention can be provided. It's the same as intervention on reading scores or intervention on math scores. If you have behavior problems in a middle or high school position or middle or high school level, we need behavior intervention to help get you back on the right path before you turn 18 and go out and start shooting people up. Well, you know, we used to have like Oakley training center. I think it was, you know, the, the, the place out there in Utica where you could, you know, you sent kids with behavioral issues and stuff like that. And I wasn't aware, but somebody told me the other day that it's no longer open anymore. I mean, do we have anywhere other than jail? We're sending, you know, kids with behavioral issues in in the Tri-County area anymore. So we have alternate, quote-unquote alternative school, but it's not, it is not what it used to be, and it's not what it should be. I serve on the board of Families as Allies, and one of the things we deal with all the time is children with special needs. And you have some kids that are bad kids that have not been brought up right. You have some kids that are misbehaving because they have underlying mental health problems And right now, there is not enough distinction drawn in the system between these groups. Couldn't agree more. And no one is empowering solutions. I am sick of legislators and councilmen, people saying we're going to fix things, looking for a panacea. When a panacea doesn't present itself, they just sit back and draw a paycheck. We have kids dying on the streets due to violence, due to drugs. Uh, we have Our streets are unsafe, and that's not right. I'm a small government guy. I am a sm- small government conservative, but government exists to promote safety amongst its citizens. I think, I think it's, I think it's one of the I think it's one of the core things that the government. I don't ask a whole lot of my government. Keep the roads paved, the water on, and and the area safe. I, I don't need yeah. a whole lot more from you. Yeah. But hey, Emil, let's take a break real quick. Come back. Sure. We'll pick this back up on the other side. We got Emil Wilson. He's running for House of Representatives District sixty four this this uh, today today. And uh, when we come back, I'll get him to repeat where his district is, and maybe you'll have the opportunity to vote for him today. This is the Clay Edwards Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show here on 103.9 FM WYAB. It's election day here in Mississippi. One of my favorite election day or election night traditions 
is watching all is getting on social media after the polls have closed and the results have come in and seeing all the angry Democrats thumping away on their keyboards. Ah, poor white Republicans voting against their best interest as always. Well, if my best interest or what Jackson, Mississippi looks like, I will continue to vote against my best interest. We have Emil Wilson on the line here. He is running for House Representative District 64. That's a new district, right? Is that a new district or is that a well, was a redistricted? It's, it's been redistricted. They took uh, the old District 64 and moved it around a lot. They moved it south to eat, eat up more Fondren. They got rid of uh, some sections, gave them to Chris Bell. They chewed into some of Joel Baumgar's district in the north. In fact, Joel Baumgar now votes in this district. Yeah, and I, he didn't run again, did he? He did not. He did not. He is focused on uh, a development he's working on. Uh, that island, the country. Yeah. Yeah. That's a cool deal. <laughs> um, all right. So we, we left off and we were talking about the education stuff. And, and I've gotten some texts from people, man. They are, you, you hit a chord in a good way with the GI Bill for cops. That That is peaking people's interest for sure, man. And I, I, I like that. I think that's a great idea. Listen, uh, the the pay is is just not worth it to be putting your life on the line. And I appreciate all of the wonderful officers who do that every single day. And we have to give we have to give them incentives. But also, man, I want my cops to be well educated, to be well informed. It, Cops are being asked to do everything right now. They are asked to be marriage counselors. They are asked to be mental health professionals. They are asked to be paramedics. Brazilian jiu-jitsu experts. Yes. So why not take, let Jackson State or Ole Miss or Mississippi State educate them in something they care about, and then we put them to work for four years, six years, using those skills as well as the law enforcement training. And, you know, here's the beautiful thing, because people always ask, how are we going to pay for that? First off, you're talking about a very small pool of people who would be doing this. Second, we're already paying for it in training police officers who then drop out and go to private security, do something else rather than fulfill the commitment. It takes a lot of money to train a cop. When we talked about doing this in Jackson back uh, before the current administration was elected, and when we ran the numbers, the commitment of six years for full to part-time amortized out the training costs, and it actually saved the city of Jackson money if we could just contract the guys to stick around for that long. Have you thought about a plan to similarly, similarly incentivize the cops that choose to stay and make a career out of it past the four years that don't, that say don't want to transition to college that want to focus on working upwards. I'm actually hoping that it'll be a, a mix where a lot of these guys will come in and will have already gone to school and come in and use this to uh, pay off their loans or people who are going to school 
while they are in, uh, while they are serving. Uh, when I was at Jackson State as a fac- I was faculty at Jackson State for a little while, and I mean we had uh, cops, we had uh, people from the staffers in the DA's office, we had all kinds of people that were working on their degrees while working. I remember one guy in class every day was coming in in a SWAT uniform because he was a SWAT officer for JTD. And I'm sitting there thinking, this guy's learning ethics. This guy's learning uh, so many of the liberal arts, liberal in the good way, arts. And he's putting that to use every day in his law enforcement training. And it was always funny because one of the other students reeked of weed every day. And you got the guy reeking of weed and right past him in class is walking the JPD SWAT officer. (laughs) The classroom can be a hodgepodge of individuals, can it? Dude, the funniest thing was the first day, the, uh, uh, our, our friends who reeked of weed cop walks in, sits down and he looks around man you think that cop could smell the weed on me and the cop turns around and goes well I could sure hear that <laughs> hey you know you mentioned like the liberal arts and I and and you know you told me yesterday and I hope you don't mind me bringing this up but you know like you were you, you did ballet you've been around the world doing all kind of stuff you've been, been involved in the arts and I think we as conservatives especially in Mississippi we a lot of us you know uh quote unquote good old boys you know we kind of traditionally kind of turned our nose up to that just assume that that is strictly if you if you do anything in the arts you must be a a liberal far-left democrat and you were kind of breaking that mold a little bit i mean and i think i saw on that mail where your opponent even kind of attacked you on this man that uh, we've been sharing that mailer around because when it came in we just started laughing it was offensive it was so offensive. It was hilarious and funny. Um, I said in my response, you know, real men wear pink, real men dance with their wives, and real men play dress up with their little girls. Period. And I've got I've got a daughter of daughters, and I play dress up with them. Had tea parties. I just did the real men wear pink campaign the last couple months. So when when I heard when I when I saw your ad on Kingfish's site and I and, and I saw your response to that, I was like, that really hit home for me. Uh, it, look, the the arts, and not just the arts, because uh, I'll say up front, ballet, and, and I was a dancer. I toured as a dancer. Uh, my wife continues to be a ballet dancer. She's faculty at Bellhaven. She, uh, she and I run arts and education programming that goes into Jackson Public Schools for free. And then we can get off on how uh, JPS needs help. And I know because I've been in some of these schools in the past two years, they need help. But uh, ballet is uh, it's athletic. Uh, Walter Payton took ballet. Uh, it is not it is not a bastion of liberalism. And it's not, you know, the fluffy, through-through, whatever, fill-in-the-blank. The arts are about 
connecting with other people and connecting through story. And quite frankly, we're all, especially in the South, we're storytellers. You know, men sit around the hunting, hunting campground and then share stories. And this is, this is about community. It's about value and it's about sort of the lateral thinking and honestly, the the background in the arts has has helped me be a better communicator. It's helped me to be a better athlete, but it also teaches problem solving and lateral thinking. And I think that uh, that has served me well in politics and campaigns. We're talking about public policy. We're talking about solving issues. And how do you solve issues? Well, you have to think uh, think bigger. You have to think uh, uh, laterally, to use the academic term. But you, you've got to problem solve. And, yeah, I mean, that adds the mailers from her were homophobic. They were offensively absurd i mean we were literally sharing them around it was like what what do you what where do you even get off on this like the international ballet competition is a jewel to the city of jackson the the tourism that we generate mississippi has more grammy winners than i think the next 23 states combined yep mississippi is a a true arts renaissance state and uh, people think the arts have to be liberal now certainly a lot are but i think a lot are because conservatives have not engaged but you also walk around and talk to a lot of artists look artists are small businessmen they're selling their, themselves, they're selling their services. I grew up in a house. One of the reasons we were so conservative is because my dad was a, a artist. You killed what you ate, and you didn't have taxes withheld. You had to write a check to the government. Let me tell you something. Withholding taxes is one of the biggest recruiters for left-wing policies, because if everybody had to write a check the way that artists do, then people would be wondering what the government was doing with all their money. Well, look, that's, you know, not to dig too deep into my personal business, I, you know, I'm, being, I'm an independent contractor here, 1099 employee through my own through my own LLC. You know, I am my, I am my boss. I am an artist in the same sense, a small business owner. I have to write a check to, yeah. to them every year. And it, it and it blows my mind as I sit up here and like, how can anybody want to continue to want to co-sign on some of these terrible ideas, whether it's down at our state capital or at our, or at our cap America United States capital in Washington, where it's just like we continue to fund these ridiculous programs, we continue to say, take more of my money, big daddy government. I, yeah, I, look, I, I don't understand I, it. I I don't understand the history of government programs is the history of failure. Because bureaucrats don't solve problems the way that entrepreneurs 
and individuals in the free market do. Well, that's why I thought and, that's why I thought the, the the small businesses and entrepreneurs should have been allowed to have solved more of the COVID problems than say Tate Reeves or, or the federal government or anybody or any other governor. You know, like put it put it in small business owners' hands, and they will figure out a way to make it work. Every time, every time, uh, and you know, I think. People are looking for a panacea for Mississippi, a panacea for Jackson. Mississippi's already doing so much better under Tate Reeves and the Republicans than they were for the 100 years under Democrats. Education is better. The economy is better. We're checking the boxes for human progress and human growth and development. And it's because we are unleashing the potential of the everyday citizen. And, and if we want Jackson to thrive, if we want to save Jackson, it's not going to be about what can government do. It's going to be about how can government clear the way for entrepreneurs and innovators to do. Yep. Let's take a break real quick. Come back. I want you to tell everybody where your district's at, and we're going to close out for the day. We've got a Mill Wilson District 64 House Representative seat. That's uh, Northeast Jackson, Fondren, part of the reservoir out by the country club, all that area. We'll be right back with a meal to close out the first hour of the show. Welcome back in to the Clay Edwards Show. Let's go straight back to Emil Wilson. Emil, we got about two and a half minutes here, brother. I'm going to let you take it home. Tell people what district you're in, why to vote for you, anything you want to close with. Awesome. I'm Emil Wilson. I'm running for the House District 64. I am the, the conservative in this race. I've been endorsed by Republicans up and down the line and the ticket. And what's more, more beyond any of that, the issues that are facing Jackson are ones I've been working on as a private citizen for years. And now I'm asking for your vote and your help to take Emil Wilson to the state legislature where I will work hard doing the same thing that I've been doing as a private citizen, building businesses, creating jobs, building community. You know, we, we are fighting hard because I believe in the city. I have two little girls and if I don't fight for a better place for them, then what am I doing? Absolutely. I'm asking for a chance to build a better Mississippi for them. My opponent has been all over the map. She's lied about her uh, policies. She's lied about uh, her party affiliations. There's so much where I'm just asking you to look and compare the candidates, compare the background, and compare the results. Yeah, Emil, tell everybody best, real tell everybody real quick. We yeah. got about thirty seconds. What, what is your district again? Um, the country clubs. Sixty four. I'm Emil Wilson, and it stretches from Fondren through Northeast Jackson, past the country clubs, past the yacht club, all the way to St. Augustine Drive in Madison. All right, Emil Wilson, thank you, brother. We appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, have a good night. Good day. Good luck. Uh-huh. That's Emil Wilson for your consideration today at the polls. Seems like a solid guy. Got a nice area over there that is his district. Uh, good. 
follow your heart. Do what you need to do. Get out and vote today. I got a whole other hour to go here on the Clay Edwards Show. It's just me. I got a bunch of topics I want to hit. I want to reply to a few texts that I got after the show yesterday, too. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. I hope you enjoyed this clip of today's Clay Edwards Show. You can tune in live every Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 a.m. on 103.9 FM, WYAB in Central Mississippi. You can stream it worldwide and live at WYAB.com, the TuneIn app, or Alexa. Just search WYAB. And, of course, you're listening now on a podcast, so you can just hit subscribe where you're at. We update daily right here on the Clay Edwards Show, and check out all things Clay Edwards at clayedwardsshow.com for shirts.